but how much do they matter? Today we're going to be talking about this term evangelical and, and what it describes, uh, what it means, and, and whether or not that term, that description of many of us as Christians has gotten too cloudy, has gotten too murky, and whether or not it's something we just need to drop. Uh, joining me today, this is Drew Moss, by the way, but joining me today on the podcast is uh, Jim Johnson and our friend Michael DeFazio, who's a professor of New Testament at Ozark Christian College, as we wrestle through this idea of how much should we care um, about the labels that we impose on ourselves or that others impose on us. Uh, I hope that this will be a valuable and helpful one for you as you listen in. Hey guys, thanks for uh, joining us today. Michael, appreciate you coming in uh, via FaceTime. Uh, Michael, I don't know if I actually shared with you the origins of this question that we're, uh, sure. we're going yeah, to no. deal with. So this started, actually, I came, I've been wrestling with this myself. So I come to Jim, I come into our worship arts meeting uh, a couple weeks ago and I say, hey, I, I've been wrestling with, and I think this could be a really good podcast idea, is what should we drop the term evangelical for our name? Is that name, I've been wrestling this personally, is that something I even want to identify as anymore? And uh, Jim quickly told me uh, that he's got nothing to say on that, that that's probably, I don't know that we need to do a podcast. I got nothing to say about that. Well, I didn't <laughs> say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say we shouldn't do a podcast. I was like, I really have nothing to say. Yeah, I don't got I, anything to add to I that. I got nothing to add. I don't want to talk about it. Yep. And so, so I'm then, out. So then... 20 minutes later, when he's done telling me how he doesn't really have anything to say about it, <laughs> after, after explaining for 30 minutes his, his non-opinions on all of this. And then, we, went, and then sure. we finished on the meeting, and then we went to your office and yeah, continued to talk about it for more. another 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, we decided, maybe we should talk about this. Uh, sure. Just, okay, funny. I'll admit it right now. I was wrong. <laughs> so... So here's where I'll, I'll share where this kind of springs from for me. Uh, you know, the, in broad strokes, the idea of evangelical, and I'm going to ask you guys to kind of uh, fine-tune this definition and, and kind of hash it out a little bit more. But in broad strokes, to be evangelical for, has kind of meant that you uh, hold to some of the kind of core things of Christianity that we hold, uh, the authority of Scripture, that Jesus was the Son of God, that, that he died for our sins, that you have to be born again by, by trusting in his death and resurrection. Um, that's been kind of like the, the ideas, and again, I'll, I'll have you guys kind of fine-tune that definition. Um, but in recent years, it seems like that definition has gotten a little bit cloudy um, right. for, for a couple different reasons. One is that I seem, it seems like when I'm listening to the news or reading something online, it seems like it gets used more in terms of like a voting block than it mm -hmm. does than it does in terms of what you actually believe. So you hear things a lot like uh, Trump holds the evangelical vote. Um, and it's just this election is going to depend on whether how many of the evangelicals turn out to, to support Trump, that kind of idea. And, and I don't even want to get into whether or not evangelicals should be sh supporting yeah, Trump yeah, yeah. as That's much as you're yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. But my question is just like, man, I, I just don't like that, that, that we are defined by a political stance yeah. right. rather than by yeah. these certain beliefs. And then the other thing is some stuff that I've been reading recently. I don't know, uh, Michael, did you see any of the results of that Legionnaire study that came out on different doctrinal no. beliefs? Um, so this is just kind of 
bullet points, and I, I started to read the article a little bit, but here's, here's something that I saw kind of posted the other day online from Legionnaire. Um, it said, among, and then it has evangelicals in the U.S., so people who identify as evangelical, says 31% of them say science disproves the Bible. 33% say gender is a choice. Uh, 38% say Jesus was not God. 62% say God accepts all religions. And, and there's, there's a few more down, down the line, like 75% say God first created Jesus, um, yeah. those kinds of things. And so I was actually pleased that the numbers were so low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing, be better, bit, doing better than you expected. Be, I, I would have I guessed that self-proclaimed evangelicals yes. would be more wrong than that. Yeah. So, it, so again. And this gets into the issue. Thanks this for is, being nice to us. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. And so, but this is, this gets into the issue. Even Jim goes, man, I don't even, when a person calls himself an evangelical, I don't even expect them to believe the right things about the Bible anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that leads me to start. I've been just really wrestling. Do I want to call myself then an evangelical? Um, does that even mean what it's supposed to mean? And is it worth holding on to? So let me start with just this for, um, for those who, who are listening and going, I, I think I know what you mean when you say evangelical. Um, but for like, and I'll just hand it over to you, Michael. When, when we say that, let me, maybe let me ask it this way. Why did we come up with that term at all? Like, yeah. why, why did we decide some time ago that instead of just, hey, we're Christians, why did we decide yep. that there needed to be a category called evangelical Christian? What, what, was, what were we trying to differentiate ourselves from in that moment? Yeah, I love the question. And, and, and this conversation is interesting to me um, for personal reasons as well. And maybe um, I can answer your question and share some of those um, at the same time. Um, well, let me actually... Let me actually tell you kind of my version of your experience with this, and then I'll try yeah. to answer your question. Yeah. So, and you guys can still hear me, right? Oh, yep. you're doing yeah. great, bud. Okay, great. So, I have um, a few years ago, I was thinking about this personally, and I kind of felt like, man, because of what I think evangelical should mean, it's something that we should try to hold on to and protect and redefine in positive ways. Then I sort of randomly talked to two of my friends who you guys both know, and uh, one of them has been on the show before. And it's Chad Ragsdale and Mike Ackerman. And Chad and Mike are both guys I respect, but they, they don't think the same way. And so whenever the two of them agree on something random, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I should agree with them. But both of them think it. And <laughs> where both two of them or more are gathered, right? It's kind of like where two, where two or more agree, right? <laughs> exactly. There I want to be. Yes. <laughs> so, but both of them were like, no, I don't think the word's worth fighting for. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm weird for thinking this. So, and then I've kind of been in this sort of weird middle zone ever since. So backing up to answer your question, my understanding of the term, and it's probably a bit of a semi-informed but still poor man's opinion um, in that I, you know, I've not read a lot of what Mark Knoll and other people have written on the history of evangelicalism. My understanding of the term is that it actually kind of arose out of uh, Lutheran circles coming out of the Reformation. And so Luther was, of course, he, he rediscovered the, the actual gospel that were saved by grace through faith, that were justified by grace through faith in Jesus who died for our sins. And that that became the, the, the kind of, you know, the linchpin for the Protestant Reformation. And so evangelical, if I understand it right, for a while served as something of a synonym for words like Protestant, Reformed, these sorts of things, except not Reformed in the Catholic way. So evangelical meant um, somebody who wants to defend the gospel as understood from scripture through the reformers recapturing of its essence. And then that sort of makes its way into the Western English speaking world. And you have, uh, 
you know, you have in the earlier parts or a couple generations ago in American evangelical or American Christianity, it continues to mean a group of people who are trying to organize themselves around the gospel. So, you know, evangelical coming from the word evangel, meaning good news. And then if I understand it properly, you had this movement where you now have something of a controversy between the modernists and the fundamentalists. So the fundamentalists who are wanting to draw super, super tight lines around who's in and not, um, you know, in some way sort of rejecting engagement with science. And um, and then on the other side, you have the modernists or the theological liberals who are wanting to recategorize Christianity in a way that makes sense to a modern world. And that this the evangelical been... became a term out of that, that tried to recapture some of the earlier sense of, no, like we're not opposed to science, but we are submitted to scripture. And so it was sort of a middle term that then, long story short, uh, so that it continues to characterize those who value the gospel above all. Um, then you have David Bevington coming along and uh, and defining it using yeah. those four uh, those four poles, Drew, that you kind of mentioned, that it's biblicist, not in the negative sense, but in the sense of committed to the authority of scripture, that it's crucicentric, centered on the cross as the me- the only means of salvation, that it's therefore conversionist, the way in which you access this is by virtue of personal faith in Jesus. And then activist, yes. ironically enough, that this has been a movement that is committed to missionary work and also appropriate forms of social reform in light of the gospel. Whenever I came across that in seminary, I was like, who wouldn't want to be this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the genesis of the term as a positive sense for me. Um, and then you have the reality that you already, I think, explained perfectly well that in the 80s and early 90s, it became co-opted by a certain version of Christian conservatism. And so it, 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 we end up where we are now, where it's essentially a voting block. And I feel like what the term represents is worth fighting for, but I don't know that the term itself necessarily yeah. um, is, is a label that we should work really hard to maintain or clarify. Okay, well, so let, then actually, that's a, that's a good little uh, the, the term and the label. Even let me let me step back and even just ask that question: like, how kind of big picture before we dig a little further in evangelical? How big a deal are terms or labels when we're trying yeah. to qualify? When we're trying to say who or what we are? What what does it matter? We come from a movement that really you know, that the, some of the genesis of the restoration movement is let's drop all the labels. I'm not Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. I'm just a Christian. Um, and, and tried to even kind of tried to kind of do away with that. So how much does it matter period that we have labels for ourselves or that we have other people labeling things on ourselves? Like, how do you, uh, this is a little bit, Jim, where, where you started talking about your, your 20-minute non-opinion. Um, yeah, I want to hear your non-opinion on yeah, this. I really I, I do. Share yeah. a bit of that. Well, if I go back in there, I really describe like how I have viewed myself. So I've, I've, what I have loved about this endeavor is that you have challenged me to think, how do I kind of left to myself, see myself and even my brothers in Christ? How do mm-hmm. I view us, right? And I think I really do believe much of the uh, restoration movements ideals, which is I've never really, I never really considered myself a fundamentalist, even though if you were to give me some of the fundamentalist beliefs, I would check a number of those boxes. And then I would say, I don't know if I'm in that side, but, oh, okay. But yeah, I get that. And then same with even the concept of evangelical, you almost have to remind me of Bebbington's quadrilateral, Mm -hmm. the four things. And, and then when I look at those components, I go, oh yeah, cool. I am an evangelical. I'm with you on that. It's, it's Mm -hmm. much like, I don't view myself as a Republican or a Democrat, but if you were to list up some virtues, I would go, oh yeah, no, I I guess I am on those. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I really see myself. and, And again, it's a 
restoration movement, and particularly within the Church of Christ. So the non-instrumental Church of Christ are even more careful with this term than I think those of you on your side that kind of grew up within maybe the independent Christian church. Yeah. Where, um, you know, they didn't even like talking about the church building. They would literally put on the sides of their buildings, the church meets here. Yeah. Wow. So this is this is not such and such Christian church. Yeah. This is the building in which the church meets in. They, yeah. they really I'll get I'll see I'll see you'll see sometimes uh, home of the such and such church of wow. Christ is yes. what it'll say on the building. Because yeah. they really are trying to somewhat differentiate. So yeah. you know, when I whenever it, it, it still rings to me when someone says they're Baptist or when someone says they're Catholic mm-hmm. as opposed to that they're Christian. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I've always thought that followers of Christ were foremost Christian. And I really think that still is is a is is a kind of an unmovable thought mm-hmm. for me, like in the mm-hmm. very core of my existence. Yeah. And that's where I want to argue what Michael said on those four p- components. Yeah, and I you can even add a few. You're all more. about those four. Yeah. I'm all about those four. Truly, <laughs> if we lose the term evangelical, I have more of a philosophical problem with how people are manipulating terms and forcing people to re identify themselves. I have a philosophical thought about that. I don't have a a deep theological conviction in regards to it. Okay. So if if we decide to punt the term evangelical, I would first go, oh, okay, because I never actually really considered myself formally to be one of those, um, except for the fact that as you defined it, I agree with those ideas. Yeah. And so that's how I that's how I just I think naturally view myself, and I would even say that's naturally how I view us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to I want to come back to even something. Uh, another thing you hit on in just a second, but first I, I want to hear kind of, Michael, what are your thoughts on just how much does it matter, the terms we yeah. use to describe ourselves? Yeah, I come from a, a similar, not not precisely the same by any means, but a similar place where, you know, I was born in the Restoration Movement and grew up and have stayed in the Restoration Movement where we essentially place less emphasis on labels that yep. mark us out from others who would claim the name of Jesus And the other thing about it that was part of my experience is I did not grow up consciously a part of any movement. I didn't know what the restoration movement was until college. And I certainly, to my knowledge, (laughs) never heard the word evangelical as a word that might be used to describe me. It just wasn't in my vocabulary. And I experienced those as positive things. I was just a Christian. I was just a follower of Jesus. So on the one hand, there's that restoration impulse, which has benefited me in terms of my own personal journey with the church in not getting caught up in protecting a weird identity. And honestly, even among my Christian friends growing up, I would poke fun at those who did have a more of a name attached to their church that they felt like they had some stake in. Um, the other thing that is relevant here, I think from a new Testament or just a Bible standpoint is that you have many different ways of describing God's people. So in the new Testament, you have many different ways of describing the church. Uh, you know, Christians is a term followers of the way, those who are in Christ believers, the church, and so you've got a lot of different labels, which I wonder if that should that should lead to a certain flexibility that we have with sure. with respect to how we might describe ourselves. We don't yeah. want to get too locked into any one of these. And um, and we want to, I don't know, maybe be able to flex a little bit, depending on the situation. The other part that's a little bit concerning for me is, um, you know, whenever I was in college and, and, and this isn't a passive aggressive statement at you, Jim, because I don't know that you did this, but I would I remember a lot of um, a lot of the professors whom I love and, and now consider friends. And even those I don't know, I, I, I have massive respect for started to really kind of like complain and worry about postmodernity. 
And one of the things that was complained about is, you know, there's a loosey goosiness with language and words tend to mean anything. And if you do that, then society breaks down. And I remember thinking, you guys are overreacting. You need to relax. And here we are where, <laughs> you know, like words mean whatever the heck you want them to mean. And I don't perceive it to be a good thing. So I have a little bit of like, apart from my core convictions, when I think about how, you know, that secondary aspect of our calling in the world where we want to serve the, not the eternal kingdom, that's our primary identity place, but we also want to serve the temporal kingdom. In the interest of the strength of the temporal kingdom, it's valuable to actually define terms sometimes. Hmm. So it's it's a very secondary thing for me, and it's not tied to core convictions, but it is a thing. I'll be real quick, a couple other things. It's interesting that this one is not in scripture, of all the terms that are. <laughs> and isn't that funny? You know, yeah, and yeah. and and I think that the language of gospel centered is essentially the very same thing as what evangelical was designed to be. It's a little clunkier, though. The last thing would be, um, and it still is answering some of that question, uh, Drew, and I'm thinking specifically for us within the restoration movement. I have become I have become in, in the last 10 or so years a little bit in certain contexts more committed to the term, as I've noticed how being restorationist is very easily manipulated and co-opted into a different ecclesial identity. So you've got a, a lot of folks within our, some folks, not a lot, within our circles of training that have ended up becoming Catholic or becoming this or becoming that. And evangelical is a term that because it's not tied to a denominational structure, I have more affinity for it than I do for others. So huh. those are some fairly random thoughts Very and answers to the question. That's good. Um, so here's this kind of even, even this talk has had me thinking a little bit. I think we, we may have even touched on it when we chatted uh, a week or two ago. You know, we, uh, 10, 15 years ago, I know you started, I, I remember I was doing it too. And I don't know, maybe I heard it from you. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, well, I'll say this actually, when I was overseas in Cyprus, um, in Cyprus, it's divided into two halves, the Northern half, which is Turkish and Muslim and the Southern half, which is Greek and Christian. But mm -hmm. both of those things, uh, Muslim take that with a grain of salt, Christian, take that with a grain of salt, right? Sure, sure, and the yeah. history of the island is that the southern half um, tried to annex the whole island to Greece by basically wiping out the Turkish people back in the 70s, in 1976. And they were led in this, in this process of essentially genocide by a guy named Bishop Makarios. And so, uh, uh, and so he's literally, and, and so the term Christian to Muslims. blessed? Yeah, literally blessed. It's like a happy word, pastor. Okay, the I was word, literally going, did I hear you say that the, right? Yeah, the word oh, blessed, okay. Makarios wow. okay. in the Greek. That's awesome. Um, but literally, so... To, so I remember over there, that may have been the first time that I consciously started to avoid the term Christian sure. and instead mm -hmm. called myself a follower of Isa, a follower of Jesus, because Christian means the people who came across to our village and tried sure. to wipe my grandparents out 30 years ago. Sure. And so, but even back here, I remember you, I, I would hear you and you would use uh, follower of Christ follower or Christ, Christ follower or Christ more than follower. you would use yeah. Christian. Actually, and I... For a whole, this is this is interesting. I even tried to avoid the term Christ. Yes, I remember that and too. So actually. I go through. I do big on. I don't ask people if they're Christians. I ask them if they are followers of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. explain that. Why? Why did you decide that term or that title? It, not that you dropped yeah. Christian completely, yeah. Yeah. but but yeah, that you started to use that. It, it's funny because I don't know if I've ever really. You, we you brought this up the other day, and I I did see the connection, yeah. but I never noticed it until you said it. I found that if I just ran into Michael and I said, are you a Christian? My joke around here, you've heard me say it on Sunday, 
is that most people in our Midwestern world thinks, does, were you born in Iowa or in Kansas? And, you know, did you have some kind of a Christian background? Yeah. So yeah. in the same way that you were ashamed of the Southern half and their Christian actions, yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily offended by it, but I thought it really wasn't explaining what I was trying to get at. Yeah. I'm not asking, did you go to church when you were younger? I'm not asking... Did your parents even have some kind of quasi not life transformational experience with a God that you may or may not believe exists and you may or may not have any commitment to him? Yeah. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, oh, okay, here's what I'm really asking. Are you a follower from the uh-huh. disciple? Meaning, are you waking up and with an intentionality every day? kind of a picking up your cross daily and following, even though I don't use that terminology, but are you ordering your life around and specifically Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes Christ, if you you guys know this, Christ um, in a lot of circles can can sound or or be more of a what the church believes about Jesus as opposed to the truth about Jesus. So the the Christ of faith versus the Jesus of history. Yep. And yeah. so yeah. I don't again the person at Starbucks or we like to say around here Aspen the person at Aspen Coffee doesn't know I'm doing that. Uh-huh. But I, yeah. I I love the word follower because it means you made a decision today, and the word Jesus kind of ties back to who I believe to be a true historical figure. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of why I cut through those two things yeah. and just say, are you a follower of Jesus? And I also wanted to get them to go, huh, that was a weird way of putting it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know if I am. And I and that's what I want to get at. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting even just the, you guys didn't, I don't know that you set out ideologically to do what you did, but you're just pastoral instincts as a person who's trying to love other people in Jesus' name led you to use some terms, not another for all sorts of reasons. And I'm even thinking about that last piece that you're talking about, Jim, with asking a thing a little bit out of the, out out of the ordinary, you know, I suppose there's a line beyond in which it's weird, but it's been, it's interesting to think about, you know, if you said to somebody, Hey, are you an apprentice of the Messiah? Are you, are you a student (laughs) of the man from Nazareth? There's something, you know, and, and those are weird, but they really do force you to stop and think. And that agility is maybe from a restoration standpoint, that's part of the wisdom oh. of having a New Testament that doesn't only give us one term and then ourselves not locking into a term um, like evangelical as much as we may love what we think it represents. If it just doesn't communicate that, I mean, I would never get up in front of a group of, of you know, whatever. Let's say there was just a gathering of Joplinites and and for some reason I was addressing the, the group. I wouldn't say just to be clear, I'm an evangelical. Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. You know, right now, because yeah. you just sure you, you know that that's going to be associated with things that you don't want to affirm. And that's where I think, you know, it's, it's, I don't even know that I've ever, yeah, I don't even know if anyone has ever asked, you know, my beliefs if I've ever said I'm evangelical. It's more like, uh, if you asked me, so are you evangelical? Or uh, the, the biggest issue is that I struggle with when I, I want to just say I'm dropping this term because in yeah. the same way that, in the same way that you were realizing with people, Christian does not mean what you think it means. And so I'm going to get, I'm going to throw another angle at you. It's lost in the Bible belt, a little bit of its significance. So I'm going to use a slightly different term to get you to think about the reality. I feel that way about evangelical, that it does not mean what it used to mean. And therefore I want to drop it. My problem is a little bit of like, how do I differentiate between, I mean, the, the term was there to differentiate yeah. between those churches that hold to the truths of the gospel and those churches that are just uh, social clubs or those churches that are that don't actually even believe the Bible is true, that don't believe Jesus really resurrected. But, hey, 
if you want, we've got some good kind of messages about that that'll make you feel better in this life. There are mm-hmm. churches that, that preach it. And so how do I differentiate between it? That's the big thing. So um, I don't even know that, I, that I've heard either of you say, let's drop the term evangelical. Um, but, but if so, like how, how else do we define this stuff? How do we try to clarify? We are, we are not the same kind of Christian church as first Christian church in Stillwater which is a Disciples of Christ Church and doesn't sure. believe how, how to, like, what word would you use to differentiate that? Can I, in a weird way, push back a little bit? Sure, and yeah. I don't even know if it's pushback. No, so that, no, that, that's I'm great. Trying to argue, I'm trying to think about how I would say it. Going back to this, like, I don't know if I try to differentiate. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm trying to go, like, where would I differentiate? And I would go, like, I'm trying to think of where that would be. Like, it might be, Hey, by the way, there are those within the restoration movement, and I have done this, and there are those that have a more liberal-leaning understanding of the nature of Scripture, and we're not them. Mm-hmm. But I don't try to tie it to a term. They are known as disciples, okay. and I'm not one of those. Okay. And so it, it would be more of a these broader sweeping categories. I don't even think it's as, it's as, it's as uh, uh, clean as conservative versus liberal. Are you talking politically? Are you talking, mm-hmm. you know, society? Like, what are you? What do you mean by conservative and liberal? Yeah. And that's why I really try to go back to and and maybe using Bebbington's concepts, right, about what it mm-hmm. truly means, uh, could be helpful. And so I try to differentiate, particularly the difference between, say, a Christian church and a Disciples of Christ church. It could be that Disciples of of Christ church might, because I it's not it's not one hundred percent all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they might have a view of the Bible that I just do not have. Yeah. But I don't know if I try to differentiate in terms of terms. Yeah, yeah. And uh, would you say you do, though? Like, well, are you running into... There are only a few instances. Well, I mean, one of the areas I think about is, like, we've been... Our, our campus ministry, our yeah. college ministry, has yep. been working to partner with some campus ministries in Spain and send our students over there to to serve for a semester in that ministry. And, and when we talk about this with our students or when sure. I talk with supporting churches, I talk about, uh, well, I, this is, I, I struggle to figure out how to talk about it because Spain is 77% Christian, um, but it's, it's not 77% Christian. It's 77% Catholic. Um, and something like 11% of those people who identify as Catholic actually attend Mass. Sure. And then you have somewhere around 1% what we normally would have called evangelical Christians. Yeah. Yep. And so when I want to say to people, I don't want to say there's only, we're sending students because they're only 1% of the population is Christian. I, now, I believe that there are some people over there, some solid Catholics who believe in Jesus as the Son of God exactly. and grace, exactly. grace alone, faith alone, those, you know, I, who believe Sure. And, and I don't want to say they're not Christians. So I, I try to, I, that's, that's one that I've really thought about. How do I try and differentiate? I usually find myself saying there are 1% uh, Bible-believing, gospel-centered churches yep. over there yep. is yep. kind of how I say that. Uh, well, and that's where I go. Interestingly enough, you use that phrase because that's even how I describe us. I, I don't think I've ever said Sunnybrook Christian Church is an evangelical church. Yeah, yeah. But when they ask me, so what kind of a church are you at Sunnybrook? I say to them, we are a, uh, we, we, we would be like a, a Bible church. We would be a, and I'm trying to get at, because I really do think that the dividing line on so many of these issues is our understanding of Scripture and our mm-hmm. commitment to the authority mm-hmm. of, of the Word of God. And so that's kind of where I usually go, yeah. is I, I, I try to describe us, if there really is a category 
it's almost um, Bible believing. Yeah. If if that makes sense, that's kind of where I almost go, which is a weird category. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let me. It uh, is. Uh, jump in, there, Fazio. Well, I was just going to say that, um, you know, I think it's it's there, we're talking about a couple of different situations, and maybe maybe the maybe the wisdom here is that we can do different moves in different communication situations. If we're trying to, in that case, articulate for potential supporters or partners, then maybe you use, talking about a context like Spain, I would probably say evangelical churches. And by that, here's what I mean, you know, always giving the caveat Uh, or just, you know, just list it out churches that uh, submit to the authority of scripture and make much of, of Jesus's death as the only means of salvation and are committed to acting that out as a church through, you know, evangelism and, and, and appropriate service to the community. So just sort of spell them out. And then that's that same thing where when, when we're asked, you know, Jim, like you're talking about when somebody says, what kind of a church are you? I find it to be a lot easier in those cases to just give the descriptors. The other thing though, you know, Drew, your, your question about, well, what are the labels? The, the funny thing here is that, you know, we are still in the restoration movement and we love it. And we think that there's, there's, there's not, there's reasons more so than just, it happens to be where we were born. There's reasons why we're still here. On the other hand, this does, I think, show up the value of a creedal statement, you know, <laughs> where we're Nicene. And that's not enough anymore because, you know, I suppose most of those folks in that context would call them, consider them Catholics, would also say Nicene. But I mean, when I'm feeling salty, I just say Orthodox. <laughs> um, yeah. But then I'm kind of, you know, defining that in ways that a lot of people wouldn't. And there, I think, are probably a lot of folks that, not a lot, but some folks that haven't liked me because of the way I define it. And I just want to say, sorry, I'm drawing the lines where I think the lines need to be drawn. Make a better argument, you know. The other piece of this that I think is fascinating is if we were Calvinists, it would be easier because we would just say reformed. Yes. Part of the unique challenge for us is we we are, if we could define the term evangelical, but we're not Calvinists. So yes. we love the Reformation as a recapturing of the gospel. Uh, but that's one of the terms that's available to those who land in certain different places on these secondary theological issues isn't available to us. And that yeah. complicates our situation a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like also Michael's reminder of us to be um, to to be somewhat spontaneous in the circumstance, read the circumstance, and then know how to address it. Yeah. So going back to yeah. what you're trying to do, whether you're in Cyprus or you're at Oklahoma State, is um, how, how do I explain myself and to who do I explain myself? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if I would recommend that if you're in a uh, a meeting with a number of representatives from the college, if you believe that maybe they see the term evangelical as, yeah. and then you list all these things, like blind supporters of a political ideology or something yeah. like yeah. that, that you would you would change the terminology that you might not want to use it. Yeah. And in other cases, if you feel like that the the, the group of people is is say maybe uh, kind of more in, in agreement with you on some key ideas, then I think you could use it. You know, we Ryan and I told the story, Michael. We were in uh, a class at uh, at school not that long ago, and I texted. I text you, I text uh, three other professors from Ozark, yeah. and I asked you guys what you thought, and we got it. Comp- I won't say who the other guys were, and I really won't say who the <laughs> other guys were. We were shocked at, we, we, if, we, if, I w- if I read what you guys recommended on this particular question, what do you think about the word evangelical, we would not have been able to line up your responses with your names. I'm just going to say that. It was yeah, so, even mine, so, too. so interesting. So, yeah, there's, there's different attitudes, and, and e- but each of them were trying to figure this out. Each of them were doing what you're describing, Michael. How do I respond in light of these truths, which are just the same, about the gospel, how do I line them up with how culture 
is is kind of bringing their own connotative meaning to the table as they try to understand me or define me or us. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me uh, let me even ask that you said without the way the culture is kind of doing that. How? Because I think I, I think I'm with you to go on a personal on a one to one level in my interactions. This word's not even coming up that much, so it's not like I have to worry about it, and I can just say, "Who cares?" Should I care though? about the cultural ramifications or the culture view of it like in the sense uh so like you know i don't know if uh michael i don't know if you've read the any of the stuff with jerry falwell jr and some of the just crazy stuff uh, yeah that's that's been kind of coming out about his life and and all that stuff and and man dude i so many times you will see this phrase um They won't just say Jerry Falwell Jr. or President of Liberty University. They'll say Evangelical Leader Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, And I just go, oh man, I just wanna, I just wanna die a little bit inside, you know. Um, And and so, how much? Maybe it doesn't matter on the personal level what what you want to call yourself, what you. But how much Mm -hmm. should I be fighting to denounce? To either denounce that name and say that's not me, or mm-hmm. or to reclaim that name and go Jerry Falwell is not that. I mean, is th- is that I don't know if if again, I don't know if Jim, you even go that's not even anywhere in my who cares. You know what I mean? I don't care what you do with, with that. But like the regardless of what we want to do, yeah. with it, there is a culture that is attaching Jesus to this word evangelical. And they are attaching evangelical to Jerry Falwell Jr. And they are saying, this is what that package is. Yeah. Um, I think of my neighbors that I, sure, that I sat sure. down and talked about. And they don't want anything. They don't really want much to do with Jesus because it's attached to this. You know what I mean? So how much should we, does it matter if we're fighting publicly to, to go against that? I'll do it quickly because I really don't care about this topic. <laughs> um, I really, uh, maybe because this is the only group I always hang out with. Yeah. I often wonder if everyone else is ready to completely redefine themselves and their terms because somebody doesn't like them. Mm. That is such a 20 to 30 to 40 to 50-year-old um, restoration movement evangelical way of looking at the world. <laughs> it is such a, man, people hate this term, and so I'm not going to be that anymore. You and know what? Because you're defining me as a 30-year-old evangelical like that, I don't want to be that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, and here's, here's, here's a, my, my quick point. I don't think that what we are doing really changes much as a matter of marketing. Because mm. a little bit of the question, do we drop the name or do we kind of reshape the name, it sounds like what we're really asking is a marketing question. Mm. And I don't believe as gospel uh, witness people, right? People who witness, trying to figure cra- crazy ways to explain who we are. As gospel witnessers, I think <laughs> there's more actually going on than just the packaging. And when anybody seems to go, hey, we need to change the packaging, is it really, like, is, is our problem branding? Or is our problem, and, and I would even say two things, on the Jerry Falwell Jr. side, we got to own, whoever we are, that there are leaders. And so, I mean, I never really considered him to be my leader. Yeah. But for those who did, you got to own that. Mm. Not just, sometimes it's easy to just go, oh, that's not, no, no, no. Like there's a, there's an ownership piece for those of you that were looking up to him or supporting Mm. him, then you've got to call him out and work towards his restoration. And you, you can't just separate all the time. You got to own. 
And I think where maybe some of the accusations about evangelicals is happening, maybe we need to own some of that and genuinely repent and turn to the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. And then the rest of it is I think we have to, like, work through it and 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 begin to do a better job of calling people out before they get to hear, yeah. right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think... I think that's an important, I think that's a really important point. And it's funny, the, the example that I'm thinking of that aligns with that is not my favorite, but, uh, but I can't, I, it's, 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 it makes the point. So I think it was the movie spotlight, um, was the one with, uh, like Mark Ruffalo and some others. And they were like talking about, there was a movie recently where they were essentially trying to expose the Catholic church for covering up abuse scandals. Yeah. It was up in the Northeast. So I remember it was a really interesting movie, really, really, I thought, well done movie and a thought provoking one. Well, if I remember right, one of the things that statements that was made in that movie, whenever one of the guys who was on the report, he was a newspaper, he was on the newspaper team. He may have been the editor. I think it was Michael Keaton. But again, don't quote the details. He <laughs> said something to the effect of you have to understand the Catholic Church does not think in decades that she thinks in yeah. centuries. Yeah. And. I, and that statement was probably made in a context where it was about their uh, them the toleration of abuse. I don't remember the entirety of the context, and I'm not affirming, of course, any of that. But there is something about that approach where our our panicky need to make sure that people today don't misunderstand us is mitigated a little bit when we back up and take a longer view. Yeah. So I guess what I want to say is maybe affirming the idea that marketing need not be our our best concern. Now, I think we're overstating the case a little bit because there's a fine line between caring about marketing in a strange way and then what Drew was doing over there in, in another part of the world where sure. the word Christian is associated with the people who tried to destroy the, the existence of my people. You know, we yeah. talk in our world about you're denying my existence by virtue of saying that something that I might be doing is wrong. No, they actually were trying to blot out their existence. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's that agility again, in this case, what do we do? That's the, yeah. I guess that's the right question. I yeah. want to fight for that question. Not what do we always do with evangelical, but what do we do with evangelical given Jerry Falwell Jr.? That's a specific question that, that if we frame it in those ways would maybe enable us to find wisdom for the moment. Um, even if it means that we continue to let go of the desire to find a philosophy of this terminology that extends to all situations. It does. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just real quickly again, I just think that the fact that whether they see me in, as an evangelical or not, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I can have a conversation with them, and I don't want evangelical to get in the way, the uh, crucicentrism of the gospel, mm -hmm. the fact that you must die to self and find in Christ something is going to be the obstacle. And I, I really don't think that these secondary things, mm. if there's a real relationship, again, if there's a real relationship, I don't think they're going to be the things to ultimately get in the way. I genuinely believe that Jesus is going to be the one to either be the stumbling block or to be in the stone of offense, or he's actually going to be the savior that they, that they find. Yeah. And can I say something on that real quick, Drew? I know you got input too, but real quickly, following up from that, it's the ones that concern me aren't the ones with whom we have a relationship because I believe what you're saying. Yeah. That at the end of the day, ask me if you think I, you know, if it's a if it's a real relationship, then maybe it'll become a topic of conversation, and it's fairly easy to answer in the context of a conversation. The ones I worry about are the people who we may not meet and would never be caught even thinking about coming to our doors. 
and part of if if part of the reason for their resistance to the gospel is the associations that are drawn between Jesus and somebody like Jared Falwell Jr. in terms of what he's doing. I mean, that is that is at some level concerning to me, but I don't know how to get to those people anyway. And so um, that's I guess where you become reformed. Part of this you become reformed and you know God's got it. What's that? You become reformed and you just know God's got it. And that's where I was going with it. Yeah, yeah, you do at some level, you know, and you recognize that even if we're, I think you said one time, you know, you're not a Calvinist, but at the end of the day, we all walk up eventually and kiss John Calvin on the mouth. I believe that was the Jim Johnson quote. Um, and there's something to that part of yeah. that, the way in which God's sovereignty affects our wrestlings on these questions. There's something relevant there. Uh, I, you know, I found myself thinking a little bit just as you guys talk about, you know, it's a marketing thing and trying to change the way we perceive. I do think about uh, the the first, second, third century where, you know, it was being said that Christians were cannibals because they were eating this body and blood during their services or that they were um, uh, practicing incest because they're marrying their brothers and sisters and all these things. And and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there was a movement that I'm unaware of to drop the term Christian, but it, it seems like there was a little bit more of a yeah. let's think big picture and let's just hold to what we hold. And uh, yeah. and I like the idea of it. Dude, if, if I'm in a relationship with them, then uh, let that be. Let let my treatment of that person be how they define Christianity. Let, mm -hmm. let the, the things I hold to that they see in me define Christianity rather than worrying about the way everyone else sees it but i'll i'll just worry about the people i know and there's something that is a little bit i've loved your heart though i mean honestly going back and the many thoughts that i've had about the thing that i don't want to talk about um i really have appreciated your desire with it like even it, it has made me rethink some things mm -hmm. because again we're all on the same page in terms of the heart that you're getting at i yeah. just don't want this thing that really isn't the point to become the point. Yeah. How do I get it off the table? And I, Andrew, that's that's something we all need to be very passionate about. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts from you, DeFazio? No, I think what the question does is it helps. I I shouldn't say no. Yes, I do have a final thought. <laughs> um, I think what it does is it it helps us back up and ask broader questions. How are we presenting ourselves to ourselves? Um, how are we trying to edify the church by articulating the nature of identity? What labels are we using if we're using labels or are we not using labels and how are we using them? And are we thinking intentionally about how to use them best? Um, and then secondly, how do we, you know, to what, to what extent should we try really hard and how should we go about attempting to influence our perception among those around us? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions that I think are going to drive us back to the right answers or the right wisdom. Maybe it's not about answers. It's funny, whatever we end up with is going to be what historically has been mostly captured by the term evangelical, but the term is beside the point at some level. It's a comp it's, we love the Bible, we love the cross, uh, we're trying to be the church, and we're trying to call everybody to believe in Jesus as we await his return and restoration of all things. Um, so I guess just let's ask these good questions that we're driven to by virtue of, of this very specific question, what should we think about the term evangelical? Good. I'm going to let that uh, be the final word. I like it. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. I hope for those of you guys listening that this has been been helpful for you to, to process some of these things. We'll see you next time.